0: Find a moment of calm at Classical WETA ninety point nine FM. Available to stream now at classicalweta.org or on the Classical WETA app. You're gonna need a bigger boat.
1: Accept it or be stupid and be a skeptic Unconceivable, unbelievable <laughs> Unidentified flying an object
0: Testing, testing mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. want to be
1: Welcome to a special holiday edition of the I Want to Believe podcast. I'm Nomar Slovak I'm Kyle Sawyer. What do Jaws, Stephen King's son, and a murder mystery have in common? Well, we'll tell you in a sec. But first, a quick reminder that all of our I Want to Believe social media and email are in the show notes. Also, Season 3 of the podcast launches on January 10, 2020. <laughs> Okay, no one is that excited, except for us. New episodes include The Bat Beast of Kent, a story about a police sniper who witnessed a Bigfoot while on duty. The Honey Grove Lizard Man, a ghost ape, Kurt Russell witnessing something out of this world, and so much more. So definitely look out for that. And if you forget, I'll annoyingly blast my social medias about it, so that'll be fun. <laughs> Lastly, you can watch my documentary Otherworldly Amore on Amazon Prime right now. We are over 100,000 views, which is totally insane because I never thought anyone would see it. DVDs are available, so check. Check the show notes for links okay let's talk about that time joe hill solved the murder
0: a little over a year ago rose minnetaglio a staff writer for the l website wrote a featured entertainment piece for esquire.com the article discussed how famed author joe hill one of stephen king's sons went to see a 40th anniversary screening of one of his favorite movies Jaws. While watching the movie with his own sons, he made a startling connection to a real-life murder mystery that occurred in the same time frame that Jaws was being filmed and in the same location, in Martha's Vineyard, 1974.
1: Well said, my friends. So, for Joe, this all started in 2015. He was in a New Hampshire movie theater with his three teenage sons. All of them were, quote, stoked to see a special 40th anniversary screening of Jaws. All four individuals were enjoying the movie when at approximately 54 minutes in, Joe's arms became riddled with goosebumps. He reportedly jumped out of his seat due to a particular scene in the film. His sons found it quite odd because they knew their father had watched the movie over a dozen times throughout the years, nor was it any sort of macabre scene. The article stated, It wasn't your typical jump scare. No image of a hungry, giant, white shark attacking a beachgoer. Instead, it was a scene in which a crowd boards a ferry on the 4th of July. A seemingly innocuous moment in Steven Spielberg's iconic masterpiece.
0: What Joe found so startling about the scene was actually fairly innocuous on the surface. As people were boarding the ferry, Joe spied a woman who looked familiar to him. The article stated, A female extra wearing a blue bandana over her auburn hair caught Hill's attention. She was almost a twin of the figure in a forensic recreation image he recently saw of the Lady of the Dunes, the still unidentified murder victim discovered in Provincetown in 1974, the very same year Jaws was filmed on nearby Martha's Vineyard. That could seem like a bit of a stretch to make that connection, but Joe did find out that quote, the movie and the murder overlap geographically and chronologically. That's right. He followed up by saying that because of that overlap, it is, quote, allowing for the possibility that the Lady of the Dunes was in the right place at the right time, or rather the wrong place at the wrong time. The
1: Esquire article goes on to say that Joe, quote, first developed a macabre fascination with the Lady of the Dunes after reading about her death in Deborah Halber's 2014 book, The Skeleton Crew, How Amateurish Sleuths Are Solving America's Cold Cases, which details the modern phenomenon of citizens using internet resources to identify unidentified human remains. I didn't know that sort of thing was a thing, but it's pretty fascinating, and now
0: I need to get that book. Yeah, man, me too. And here's some info on the Lady of the Dunes. Uh, She's thought to be in her mid-20s to 30s and her body was, quote, discovered on July 26, 1974 about a mile east of the Race Point Ranger Station on the northern tip of Cape Cod. The new decomposing body was discovered by a 13 year old girl who was walking her beagle in the dunes. The woman was estimated to have been deceased for up to three weeks. Her long reddish brown hair was pulled back in a glittery hair tie and she had seven gold crowns in her mouth that were worth thousands of dollars. Her hands were cut off and missing, presumably so she couldn't be identified through fingerprints. Her skull was crushed. She was nearly decapitated and her body was lying on a beach towel as if she'd been sharing it with a companion, according to the Provincetown Police Department.
1: geez, man, that's grisly.
0: Yeah, and sad.
1: Yeah, definitely. The article continues by saying, Quote, Her head rested on folded Wrangler jeans and a blue bandana very similar to the outfit worn by the extra in the fairy scene from Jaws. After the immediate shock, Joe Hill sat back down in his seat, his pulse returning to normal. I was like, no way, he recalls of his disbelief. I have the kind of imagination that churns out ghost stories almost automatically. I've just done it so much that I told myself, you're, you're, you're telling yourself a ghost story. Stop. Still, he couldn't get the woman from Jaws, her blue bandana, her auburn hair out of his head. When he got home, he rewatched the movie on his laptop, thumbing through the fairy scene frame by frame. He told friends about his theory, including a buddy who works for the FBI, who said, quote, It was interesting, and sometimes very cold cases have been caught by stranger ideas.
0: Oh, so, okay, so he brought it to the attention of his buddy, who happens to work for the FBI. That's pretty cool. Did his theory get any traction? Here's what Joe said.
1: I thought there really might be something there, so I did what any sane person would do. I put it on the internet.
0: Okay, so not enough for the FBI to run with, but here's what Joe did. He described the idea in a Tumblr post noting the similarities between the Lady in the Dunes and the extra from Jaws who had the blue bandana. It is impossible to say with complete precision when they filmed the July 4th crowd arrive sequence, which is where this shot appears, but we know it was almost certainly shot in June because they filmed all the Coney Island scenes they could early. The water was too cold for swimming and the malfunctioning shark wasn't ready until late July. We also know the Lady of the Dunes was alive in June and that the filming of Jaws was a big deal locally.
1: Okay, so this is actually starting to come together, don't get me wrong, it's completely conjecture like Joe admits. but it's still possible. The article states, Lots of folks turned up to try and get a peek at the stars, or the shark, or to see if they could sneak into a shot. He included the caveat that he literally makes up stories for a living. Yeah,
0: true, but you can tell that's not his intent here. Sort of true. Here's what Joe stated. I am under no illusions about the situation here. I was watching Jaws under the influence of the skeleton crew, and my subconscious invented an exciting little story about the Lady of the Dunes on the spot. It was so good I persuaded myself it might be true. It is a hell of a what if, isn't it? What if the young murder victim no one has been able to identify has been seen by hundreds of millions of people in a beloved summer classic? And they didn't even know that they were looking at her. What if the ghost of the Lady of the Dunes
1: haunts Jaws? Okay, fair enough. But it was still not the intent to write a story about this. It's more like a symptom of his writing. He's just constantly, unintentionally creating stories. Also, it really is a hell of a theory. One that makes sense. The article continued, quote, Hill's theory went viral this summer after it was featured on Wondery's Inside Jaws, a podcast devoted to Steven Spielberg's journey from inexperienced director to influential filmmaker. And it's not the first time his idea has been picked up. In 2015, Vice published an article about it, and Hill even told the publication he received offers from other amateur sleuths to search for payroll records for JAWS extras and to hunt down data that could help solve the mystery.
0: That's really cool that he's inspiring others to try and get this mystery solved and hopefully bring some closure to the family of this murdered woman. According to the article, they hit some roadblocks in trying to find the extra's name, though. They wrote, Three years ago, a writer from Entertainment Weekly took interest, offering to help track down the name of the extra, which, if she were alive, could disprove Hill's wild theory. Hill claims the Universal Studios archivist told the writer that they couldn't find the extra's name, Sherry Rhodes, The casting director for Jaws died in 2009. Hill never went directly to the police with his idea. He feels silly, he said, about the possibility of wasting an officer's time.
1: Esquire tried to contact the police department in charge of the Lady of the Dunes investigation, but they did not return Esquire's request for comment. However, the police did post some information on their website about the case. It states, quote, The body of the Lady in the Dunes was exhumed in 2000 in an attempt to confirm her identity. In May of 2010, a new composite was created using state-of-the-art technology and computer analysis. According to a 2014 Boston Globe article, detectives have consulted dentists and psychics in an attempt to solve the case. They've also used ground-penetrating radar and made a plaster reconstruction of her face.
0: Well, it sounds like the police without Joe's help are still in the case. They're at least still investigating. Yeah, man, I'm glad they are. Yeah, me too. And Detective Meredith Lober, who's assigned to the case, said, She's always some part of my day. Some murders are never solved. I refuse to believe that this is one of them. Wow, man, she's really invested. She is. Uh, The Esquire article continued on Hill's angle and wrote, Meanwhile, Hill recognizes that his theory is a fantastical one, and there's probably nothing to the connection between the unknown murder victim and the unknown Jaws extra. But at the same time, he says, two incredible things happened in the area of Cape Cod in the summer of 1974. One, a woman was killed, the other was that Jaws was filmed and became the summer film to define all other summer films. It's not that hard to believe that a person in the area of Provincetown might have scooted off to Martha's Vineyard to see all the movie stars. My subconscious kind of spun up this possibility, he continues. If nothing else, it's a pretty good little ghost story.
1: Yeah, that is true. Did Stephen King ever comment on this at all?
0: Yeah, he did actually. Uh, Esquire wrote, Hill says his father, the master of horror and suspense, also thinks the story is a powerful one. He always." enjoys puzzling over a bizarre bit of Americana. Old, unresolved stories is something of a family hobby.
1: That's really no surprise. The article also brings up what I think is an important aspect to the murder mystery. It's brought some new attention to an old cold case that could very much be solved in the near future.
0: I totally agree. Esquire closed the article with that sentiment and wrote, at the very least, Hill hopes bringing attention to the case might lead to more clues or encourage someone with information to talk. Hill stated, a woman died and she's never been identified. She's someone's daughter. You have to hope sooner or later there will be a resolution. But I keep wondering how come that woman, in Jaws, if she's not the lady in the dunes, why hasn't she or someone that knows her come forward to say, this is me?
1: That's true, man. Interesting. All right, that's all we got for this holiday edition. The last episode of the I Want to Believe podcast of 2019. Again, new episodes are launching on January 10th, 2020. So look out for that. We've got 14 more episodes of fun-filled podcasts macabre paranormal type aspects everything ranging from ufos to reincarnation to empaths and bigfoot so check it out it's going to be fun but other than that you got anything else you want to add
0: yeah i mean it's uh it's definitely something that brought it to the public's attention and you never know all right well like we always say as we always say we're gonna need a bigger
1: boat until next time Everybody should definitely come to Baltimore.
0: We have a way of
1: speaking to each other through food. It's really renewed for me, my love of what I do.
0: It's going to take something far stronger than a pandemic to defeat us.
1: All of these businesses are taking precautions to make sure that everyone is safe. We're ready.
0: See what we've got going on. Plan your visit at Baltimore.org. Share the shine. Enjoy a
1: medium Dunkin' Coconut Refresher for $3. Order ahead plus earn rewards. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer includes classic Dunkin' Refreshers.